welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman. I'm joined as I am every week by the ace of spades, Mr. Shane Reeves. The triumphant victor. Yeah. To I saw, all who fail before my skill, If you anybody has, is not friends with <laughs> Shane on Facebook, that's the only way you wouldn't already know that he won poker yet again this week, and he's mighty proud of it. Well, this was the Caldwell game, too. So this was a double pot last night. Okay. And all, because the local Caldwell rep, rep helped us out and contributed some cigars and a couple of lighters. So it was a very good okay. game. Okay. All right. So, and yeah. So it was for everything you put in, he put in a match. Is that right. of Caldwell? Right. For I every, bet that was a healthy well, pot. And we all bought Caldwell. So oh. we all went in there. So, and, you know, I've told, I've told several reps now, that's a great idea. Yeah. That actually... One, you're getting everybody in there. You're selling. Right. You're going to be selling at least two cigars to one, and all. Because yeah, because it, because you're going to get the person buying it to begin with. You're also going to get them buying it as their buy-in. So you're yeah, someone who may not have even smoked your brand that night at all is now buying two cigars from you. Well, and if a guy's like me, you know, wonderful, kind, generous souls, once I do win a big cup of pot like that, I spread it around the shop. Yeah. And it gives guys, you know. Especially when it's that big. Well, and I'm modest, too. I, I didn't, yeah, I clearly. To no, I was, gonna, I was actually going to walk right on by that one <laughs> and talk about what you're going to smoke. And I'm okay. actually, I think I'm about to be a little upset with you. Well, because you'll, you'll notice <laughs> that I, I'm a little upset with you. <laughs> you'll notice that Austin came over. And said, hey, you told me to hold this cigar for you for this podcast this week. I just want to make sure you didn't forget about it. it. The day he got it in before he even opened the box, I said, hold one of those. I want to smoke it on the show. That's the... Um, it is the Hedlier Grange Black Lab that's the, LE. Yeah. Not the Black Label, the Black no. Lab LE. Yeah, but... Uh, so Austin comes over before the show, a little behind the scenes, and, and is, is good. And Shane goes, "No, no, no! I've got a cigar for him." Yeah, thanks. And I, see, this is one of those deals where I you're going to take my my crown heads honors away from me on on this show. You're going you're going to take first drag honors on a crown head cigar. Now I'm testing whether or not you are a believer in cigar etiquette. Because what's etiquette? No, is that I have to smoke the cigar that <laughs> you gave you have me today? To smoke no, the cigar I'm, abso- that I gave I'm you. absolutely have to abide this. I have to smoke the La Barba Ricochet tonight and sit there and watch you smoke the Black Lab in front of me. So it is a Connecticut Habano wrapper. I, I would apologize, but I apologize for nothing. A Honduras. You're having too much fun to apologize. You don't I, think you've done anything wrong. Oh, not at all. And you know and, what's and even, really you haven't, but <laughs> you know what's even better than this? What? If you smoke it before next week, I get to give you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get to give you stuff for not doing that. So, um, it is Connecticut Habano wrapper. The binder and filler are Honduran, Dominican Republic, and Nicaraguan, so it's quite a bit going into this cigar. They did just get them this week at all, and I purchased two, and I have not smoked one yet. I have decided I would definitely wait for the podcast. Actually, I purchased two just in case they sold out before you got a chance to get one to smoke on the podcast. Yeah, we were in here Sunday, but Sunday morning before we talked. Uh, just came down for dinner or for lunch after church and swung by, grabbed a couple for the road, and then ran out. So when I was here was when Austin was, was pulling that out. You know, one of the interesting things Crowned Heads does is they always um, name their cigars something significant. Right. And our Headley Grange is from, here's the quiz. No, I have no idea. Famous rock song. You, you don't know this? I, I did at one point, but it's a, I'm, I'm still too burdened with, uh, with your betrayal. And the fact that you're spending so much time talking about your cigar. You've even got it lit already. I'm having to watch you smoke your cigar, and I haven't even gotten to, I haven't got to cut mine or light it yet. Well, by all means, introduce your cigar. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. I want to hear about the, the name behind the Headley Grange. I don't honestly know. I know it's from a famous rock song, <laughs> and I was hoping you knew, so I was going to try to play it off. Oh, I see. Sometimes no, I in life, you, had... you fake it till you make it. It's, yeah. 
it's some famous song. I'll look it up during the break. Well, there's a song called Lug Range, which is named after a city in Texas by ZZ Top. Right, and the, the description I got says, Headley Grange, line inspired by a beat in a famous rock song. So, I don't know. I'll have to, somebody told me once. Well, there's a Zeppelin remember. song called Black Lab as well, so I wonder maybe that... I Who could knows? not tell you. Okay, tell them what... We should do some re- uh, research every yeah, once in a while. How good would we be if we actually oh, prepped? Um, I'm smoking the La Barba Ricochet, which is a Caldwell sub-brand. I'm really excited to... T- I, despite all of the guff I'm giving you, I'm actually really excited to try this. I've become a big fan of Caldwell lately as I've had the ability to exper- experiment more with their total line. You know, I, I knew about the King is Dead, the Long Live the King, the All Out Kings, but that was really kind of... That was that was my only exposure to the brand. I've been able to get out of my wheelhouse a little bit or out of my comfort zone a little bit and try more of their stuff. And I'm really, really excited about that. I still can't wait to try the Blind Man's Bluff. But to keep, keep from getting too much flack from you, I'm not smoking it until I can have it on the show. So now you're backing me up three weeks. I hope you appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> See, just look how easy I make your life. No longer do you have to come in here and look wonder how, what should I smoke. Look how much you rile me up is what you should be asking yourself. So, so anyway, this, the Ricochet is kind of a medium full. I'm looking for the break that's Dominican. Here we go. Um, Mexican San Andreas wrap relief that conceals an Indonesian binder and long filler from the Dominican, Nicaragua, and Pennsylvania. That sounds a whole lot like the Mad MF that yeah. I smoked last week. That's yeah. almost the same recipe, well, but which now- I enjoyed, so... La Barbara is actually not a Caldwell brand, but they're distributed with Caldwell. Right, right. And all. But um, I've smoked, since he got them in the shop here, I had one at wrestling one night Jonathan brought to me. And I always remembered because it was the one with the orange label because I'm terrible with remembering names. And I really liked it then. You'd You'd expect it to be a Nicaraguan Puro, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think 100%. But um, when they got the order in here at the shop, they actually got a couple of boxes. And I've smoked two or three of those and really enjoy that smoke. I mean, I still feel like Caldwell is on the higher end of the price spectrum. I think most people would agree with you on that. I think it's the human mind is an amazing creature. Because knowing Jonathan is the rep and knowing that when I buy, I'm kind of helping him out, and he is a friend. Kind of makes it a little easier to to put that extra two or three bucks out there on a stick and enjoy. I it can for me. see that. I mean, and that that makes a lot of sense to me. Because I, I I do that too. I find that I have my brands that I like certainly, but if I like the rep for that particular brand, I'm far more likely to spend a little bit more time in that section of the humidor with that brand, that sort of thing. Well, it's almost, you know, um, Don Pedro and I are great friends, and I really enjoy my friendship with Pedro. And when I smoke one of his cigars, I feel like I'm smoking with a friend. Right. And I think that's one of the the wonderful things about cigars is you can just pick up a cigar that reminds you of a time. It reminds you of a place. It reminds you of a person. Well, you know, it kind of goes to, like, we talk very highly about general cigars. But there was a time in my life that I really didn't think very highly of them at all and it's because I didn't have the exposure to them that I do now and I, and I really credit my friendship with Sean Hardiman for that you know he's the one that and, and so that's where I say that you feel like you're doing a friend a favor to a certain extent or you feel like you're making good on that you know doing him a solid maybe not a favor but you're doing doing your buddy a solid yeah it's a it's a a semi-social contract. Yeah, but at the same time, but but in doing so, I feel like both of our cigar-smoking lives were enriched by being open to new um, opportunities that we probably would have shied away from otherwise. Well, you know, it's funny. This is a big difference in cigar culture and culture and life in general. In my business, if I draw a great house plan, the person I drew it for may tell one person. But if I goof up, they'll tell 20. Right. But cigar culture is right opposite that. In cigar culture, if you have a great cigar, you actually, you feel the need to share it with others. You feel the it's need true. to tell others. Which is, what, which is one of those things. I, I think that's why the, the rep um, 
sort of format for all of the companies that make such so much sense in this industry because of the fact that there's room for everybody. Everyone is sharing their cigars, either literally putting a cigar in someone's hand or they're they're sharing their experience with others. You know, there's there's plenty of free marketing that happens just from sitting down and smoking a cigar with somebody. Oh, certainly. And it just, it, it, just it can't be underestimated. No, and having a bad rep will turn you off to a cigar brand, even if it's a great cigar brand. I can think of a... I won't say it on the air, but there are a few that come to mind right off the top of my head. Yeah, there, well, there was one rep. I, he is not employed by them anymore, but I loved their cigars. I just did not enjoy smoking them when he was around. No, absolutely. If, if we're both thinking of the same person, which I think we may be, I don't know that he's employed at all anymore. <laughs> It may not be. He may, well, he wasn't cut out for a sales position. No, definitely not. Some anyway. people are, some people are not. So anyway, so let's talk about as is our standard. Let's talk about a quick legislative thing. Or This really ain't even legislative. It's more government. Did you know the state of Michigan has a 50-cent tax cap on cigars? So explain what that means. So Michigan has a 32% wholesale tax on tobacco products. Oh, and I thought Georgia was high at 29. So a $9.50 MSRP cigar would cost $12.54 under that MSRP. That's in, that's insanity. But due to that tax cap, it cost about $10. Okay, so they... Hmm. So those two laws work against one another. So how do they... The same as the premium cigar exemption that we've all... And that's really where this comes back to. You okay. know, we've, we've all been talking about getting the premium cigar exemption and some of the difficulties involved in getting that. And one of those is it's about making laws inside, uh, against laws and it, it gets complicated and multi-layered. But here, it clearly shows it can work. Yeah. It clearly shows that it's for the good of the consumer. Um, the bill was passed. Um, the bill was passed several years ago and was set to expire in 2021. And the new bill has said it will be indefinite. Okay. And it has all likelihood that it's going to be passed in. You know, when you're talking about an artisanal product like a cigar, and I think that's really what the definition needs to get down to, these are not mass-produced, mechanically-built items. This is a a very, you know, it'd be like saying, okay, you can only charge, you know, we're going to regulate rocking chairs. Oh, so, they're so dangerous. Someone needs to get their hands on rocking chairs. Right. Hey, I know so many long-tailed cats have lost their life in rocking chair-related <laughs> incidents. Or at least they became short-tailed cats after <laughs> that. So for some reason, they can't. They want to qualify cigars the same way you would qualify cigarettes or anything machine-made. And it's just too It's cats and dogs. Yeah, although I've got to say the way I've been smoking lately is a bit like, oh man, I've been smoking so many cigars. And not not always in the great way. You know, every once in a while you're having a stressful day, you just need to unwind with a cigar. I've been I've been doing that a lot lately. It, it's going to get better in about uh, four more working days. But, uh, you know, it's just... I, but going back to the original point is, yeah, it there's definitely a difference. There is definitely a... A, a, a very distinct line between cigars and cigarettes and other nicotine and tobacco products just in general. Like, cigars yeah. stand alone. They do, and they and the, like I said, the definition should never be the same for a, a handmade work of art as it is for something, you know, um, a print versus an oil painting. Right. Should not be, they're both paintings, they both hang on the wall. Yeah, they're both art. Right, they're both art, but they shouldn't be classified the same way. No, exactly. You're exactly right. And I think that's really what we we need to delve into, especially we get in the premium cigar exemption. But before I get too far up on my soapbox, I did want to point out the important part of this story is a law inside a law can work right. very well. Yeah. And also, also this year, so I'm originally born 
in Tennessee, lived here a good part of my life. A little while in Texas, but lived here a good part of my life. I always forget that about you. <laughs> yeah. But Columbia, Tennessee. Do you know what Columbia, Tennessee is known for internationally? Am I supposed to give the this back to you or and spoil it, or how do you... Oh, by all means. Okay, so Mule Day is what you're refer- referring to, I believe. Mule Day. Have you ever have you ever participated in the Mule Day festivities in Columbia, Tennessee? I have not, but it's not for a lack of desire. Although I have a feeling that you've got some stories that could probably remove that desire from me. Well, no, actually, it's a lot of fun. It's so basically what it is. The mule. The mule is much different than a horse. It's much different than a jack. It's a combination. Well, it's because of, of all the cocaine. Well, there's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wrong kind of mule. By the way, can I turn on the TV without seeing a commercial for that movie? What? The Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. Oh, I haven't. Have you not watched TV in the last eight days? No. No, okay. I, don't, I don't watch TV. I don't. I'm, I'm surprised somebody has not walked into your office, held your head, and peeled your eyelids back and made you watch a commercial for this. Although I do think it's really funny that I have a job mounting TVs on the wall for people. And I don't watch TV myself. In fact, I was doing it. It's it's so funny, though. We've really gotten to this point in society where I was hanging a TV for a young lady last night. I was actually two TVs. One... Dear Penthouse. Yeah, no, nothing. (laughs) But, well, here's here's the thing. So I'm, I'm hooking everything back up, and I'm hooking in the HDMI cables. And not only does this woman have cable, she has cable on both TVs. What kind of job? Like, I immediately assume a certain level of income and, like, how nice it must be to be rich enough to afford cable. That's where we've gotten in a society at this point. That cable on both TVs Cable on... She she not only affords cable, but also the secondary box with an HDMI. So she's paying the extra 10 bucks a month for HD. Now, is it... it, Were they both DVR equipped? Because, I mean... One of them was. (laughs) So I'm saying, like, that's... That's 150, 160 bucks a month. Actually, the cable, the cable market and the direct TV and the satellite markets have all become very competitive. It's not near as bad because um, a month oh, ago. No, I just had to, I just had to renew my because my lease renewed on my place, so I had to re-up my cable and internet. You know, because you go into contract, come out of contract, all that stuff, and if you yell at them, they lower your bill. So I was in the yelling at them phase, and. Really, to get, I mean, even just basic cable, which I don't even know how they call this basic cable anymore, because it's just the network channels. They charge you for the free network channels now. That plus internet was going to be 90 bucks a month. Right. For, a, for their lowest internet speed that's capable of doing what I need it to do. Upload a podcast, stream movies, uh, play Minecraft for Emma. You know, like, th- those... To get the to include cable with that, or to include even the most basic TV, was still going to be almost hundred bucks a month. Yeah, we have. I'm I'm sorry to to seem like I'm I, but I know how rich you are, I, Shane. I'm, so I'm it's okay. Living the life of Riley, you know, in my palatial estate and all. We do have satellite, and our boxes connect together, so we can access the DVR from either TV in the house. Yeah, my my dad has that, and you know, when I grow up one day, I'll you know tap out of my retirement fund to be able to How did we chase a rabbit all the way from Mule Day to the to the <laughs> affluence involved in cable TV technology? Well, there we go. Carrots. That's our connection. Okay. Go on. <laughs> and all. So, Mule Day, basically, people come from all over the world. There's people come from Germany, and they bring their mules, and they march 6,000 mules down the streets of Columbia. The music and, man never thought of that one. Oh, Yeah. And the funny part is always there's always one little mule that decides to stop and sit. And I'm not giving that joke the credit it deserves, I know. Well, it was was just for me, so it's fine. Sometimes you do them just for yourself. I just really tickled at that. But it is funny because they have clowns, and they always have one that has a little mule that decides to sit and stop the parade, and the clown does the famous pushing. But lots of fun stuff at Mule Day. They have a liar's contest. 
they crown a mule queen, which remarkably enough that is... does not seem like a high honor. Well, see, <laughs> that was my thought was, well, okay, are we going for the prettiest girl or the girl or that the most muleiest. resembles mule? <laughs> yeah, long ears, buck teeth, you know, what are we looking for in this? Obstinate. Strangely enough, as a businessman in Columbia, they've never asked me to judge any of these competitions. <laughs> I think that's wise on their part. But anyway, so Battleground Tobacco, Battleground Cigars... It, excuse me, Battleground South Cigars in Columbia will actually be hosting the Mule Town Herf 2019, March 22nd to the 24th in Columbia, Tennessee. All right. So this is what interests me. I like the idea of getting a cigar event, cigars with regular society events. I like the idea of kind of, it's no longer the Monopoly guy in the back room and it's no longer smokers out by the dumpsters. You know, well, here's my thing. I'll be interested if he can pull this off. Okay. This is why I brought it up right now, because it's January. When I was a kid, the Budweiser Clydesdales were always in the Mule Day Parade. The Budweiser Clydesdales are no longer allowed in the Mule Day Parade because they represent Budweiser. Are you kidding me? I kid you not. That's how backward the city of Columbia is. I, I don't even drink anymore, and I think that's an abomination. Like, the, the Budweiser Clydesdales are an American treasure. They're, right. they're, I said it. I, I can think of few things more, you know, Mickey Mantle, Apple Pie, and the Budweiser Clydesdales. That's America. Exactly. I dun, agree 100%. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I, if I knew Clydesdales would get you up on your soapbox, <laughs> I would have... <laughs> But unnecessary censorship is what gets me on my soapbox. I'm interested to see if he's able to pull this off. And I'm actually, I go there occasionally. I'll swing through there if I'm in Columbia. That's the one in the house, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to the owner because I want to see how he's going about pulling this off. Because here's my hope. Here's my hope is that on Mule Day, he's going to put up a bunch of tents and everybody like I know is going to show up there and start smoking cigars and the city of Columbia is going to get the middle finger. Yeah. That there's not going to be any permits pulled or anything like that. That's that's my hope as well, an American. If you're, if you're just there watching the parade or enjoying the festivities, if there's no ordinance that says you can't smoke in a city park, which I don't think Columbia has, then you're good. I mean, yeah. they really can't. Now... One of the things that I I don't know if he did it this year, but I know a couple of years ago, Tony Binkin owns Big Star Cigars in Mount Juliet up here. He's, by the way, if you ever get over to Mount Juliet, cigar, uh, Mount Juliet, go to Big Star Cigars, see Tony. He's got one of the best shops in town, and he's way out there away from any of the competition, so it's a real calm, relaxed, cool shop. I, I love going, I don't get out there often, but I love seeing his shop. Anyway, Mount Juliet does a Christmas parade every year, and he always enters a float. And that's one of the things that they do to kind of get around. So it's him and a bunch of his regulars for a shop. They put the recliners from the shop on the back of a gooseneck trailer with a TV. And they just sit there going through the parade, throwing out candy and smoking cigars down Main Street. How great is that? How, how, how is the cigar cast not involved in that? Well, I need to talk to Tony. I'll, yeah. I'll see if I'll we can get what. involved next year. I'll work on the Mule Town Herf. You work on getting us on that float. Sounds good. <laughs> and I'll, but... Thought that was cool. Thought that was fun. Um, just very enjoyable. I didn't realize that I had tweaked you so hard by, <laughs> by smoking the the, Legr- the Headley Grange in front of you to start with. Yeah, look what you've done to me. Yeah, I got you all wound up. But it's good. An excited tray is a fun tray. And uh, what's your first blush halfway through the ricochet? It's not very Indonesian and not very San Andreas. You know, I was expecting something from each of them, and I, I don't know if they're canceling each other out. Or if, you know, and I actually, on a rare occasion, am smoking on a fresh palate tonight. I usually smoke a cigar on the way down. I didn't have time to stop by the shop. So, I don't know. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's very good. But I was expecting a little more in the complexity department. Um, the retro held didn't even give me a whole lot more than I'm getting. So, I'm going to grab a bottle of water when we step away for our break and see if maybe I can just clean some of this out and make sure I've got a, a, a fresh enough palate that I can enjoy the second half on the back end of the show. Well, the Headley Grange Black Lab, um, it's good. 
I have a feeling if we switched cigars tonight, it would be a very a much different experience for the yeah, show. Yeah, but then in some states we're legally married. If I smoke no, half a no, cigar, no, no, you no, smoke no. half a cigar, and we, we switch. I'm saying if we had switched to begin with and stayed that way. Oh, okay. No, no, no I'm not suggesting the other. Oh, you're, well, why not? <laughs> Are you too good? For I, me? I love you, Shane, but not like that. <laughs> but. We'll step away for a break while I nurse my hurt feelings and find out where the song Headley Grange comes from. All right. And then when we come back, let's talk about the Cigar Aficionados of Cigars of the Year Awards. All right. Well, we'll be that, back with that and more after this. here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week I want to talk about the Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut. I actually got this cigar sent to me as a gift this year. Got to sit down on the back porch and smoke it the other morning. Wonderful Connecticut smoke. Um, a lot more spice forward. A lot more um, a lot more flavor than what you would standardly feel in a Connecticut. I've really enjoyed it. The person that gave it to me wanted me to kind of compare it to an undercrown shade, and it's kind of like comparing cats and dogs because the shade, this is not for me a morning smoke, but definitely a really good evening smoke. Well, one of the things I love about this is that on the Cigars International, they say, not your daddy's Connecticut, and that's exactly right. If you are if you tend to stay away from Connecticut's because they tend to be too light, this is a medium-bodied Connecticut. comes with a lot of flavor, so it's definitely worth venturing out of your comfort zone a little bit to give it a shot. Great cigar. Everyone have an Aganorsa Leaf, Connecticut. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane sitting here across from Trey. Welcome back, everybody. I finally calmed down. <laughs> well, I'm sure the first half of this show, there was several people, <clears throat> excuse me, yelling into their selective iPods, the answer to the Headley Grange question. Right. I don't think this is the answer I heard. Okay. But I, this is the answer that JR Cigars has provided. Is It's inspired by the heavy drums in the Led Zeppelin cast classic, When the Levee Breaks, and named for a recording studio in England. Okay. Now, the Jericho Hill, that's another one that's named... After a recording studio, I think. No, it's Or the, after a... Um, it's a location. It's where... Yeah. Uh, who was it? Oh, was it um, Jesse James died on Jericho Hill? It could be. I've, we have got to start looking this stuff up before <laughs> I just hit the record <laughs> button, Shane. We could have had all of this... We've either got to start looking it up or stop chasing rabbits. Exactly. But, uh, this is the least professional podcast of the year. But if Headley Grange is a um, homage to Led Zeppelin, it makes sense because Black Dog being one of their most popular songs, Black Lab, the limited edition, I can kind of see how that plays well together, why those two names would fit. Okay, well, we're not going to explore this any yep. further because it's not making us look any smarter. I put a little bow on it. Let's move on. No, no, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> let's, do, let's, let's do one of our favorite things. Let's yell at Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> for not giving us the information we needed? No, for their top 25 cigars of 2018. So as we're recording this, the number one cigar has not been announced. You will have to wait till the show after the number one show cigar is announced in order to get that name. So that would be... They're, they're announcing that on Christmas Eve, right? No, tomorrow. Oh, they're on announcing Thursday. it tomorrow. Okay. It will be announced on Thursday. So by the time this drops, it will have been announced. Okay. Number 10 is the Monte Cristo Nicaraguan series. But before we get too much into harassing, I finally have, have the top 25 process according to Cigar Aficionado. Uh, all right, let's hear it. So, step one, they review the highest scoring cigars from the past year and assemble a new tasting of only those cigars. They repurchase, rebrand, and re-smoke the cigars blind. The tasters do not know the identity of the cigar they're smoking. Okay. And the top scoring cigars are then smoked against each other through multiple rounds. And that's how they allegedly... Assemble it. Now, I always thought it was done in accounting, according to who purchased the most advertising and aficionado that year. <laughs> I always thought that's how they determined them. And, and past results have kind of led that Lended out to be itself true. to the, yeah. But this I'm, year, I'm sure that helps. 
Yeah, sure. I'm sure that helps you get. That may just help you get a higher rating. Yeah, I'm. I, that's what. Honestly, I think that's where it comes down to. You know, cigars that shouldn't necessarily be in that category of being some of the highest rated for the year probably get bumped into that due to advertising revenue. And then, the, well, then when, because it's blind, it is a true. Assuming this is true. If it is a double blind, then yeah, you know, cigars that shouldn't have been in there. But if it if it honestly happens, then who knows? Well, we're gonna run down the top ten, all the way up to number two. Anything notable in eleven through twenty five? Um, no, I don't have that right in front of me. But we'll research that for a future show. Well, you're just pointing out all my flaws. Well, this I week. thought it was one article. First, you first you won't switch cigars with me and prove that you <laughs> love me. Now you want, now you want to critique my article assimilation. I assumed it was one article. Number ten's a Monte Nicaraguan series. Had one of these, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm okay with it being on the list. Number nine is the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. We've both smoked this cigar, and it was good. It was good. Um. Could I find other cigars ahead of it? Probably, but I'm I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay with someone that being the cigar they choose. I, I am too, and I'm I'm okay. You know, we know that they don't do this based on just cigars that came out this year. This is cigars that were reviewed this year, so it it's not always going to be. But you have to make room for new. So it can't be the same Padron Twenty Six every year, which right. is what it would be if we were doing this. Sure. I mean, well, actually, we would we would have to set it up. Okay, it can't be a. This is the best Padrones that come out this year. Here's everything else. Yeah. And uh, number eight is the Series V Milanio from Oliva, the Churchill. The Milanio. The Milanio okay. Churchill. Okay, that is a fantastic cigar. Okay, as much as I grumble about aficionado. This is one of the good things that comes out of this. Number seven is the JFR Lunatic Cabano. That is an unsung hero. I haven't had it, but JFR is one of those brands that you don't hear a lot about. I enjoy JFR cigars a lot. I really do, especially their big Lunatic. Well, they're in the humidor in the under. (laughs) They're not in every humidor. Back wall, middle. (laughs) Not everyone shops here, Shane. We, I'm just saying it, they are hard to find in general. But the good thing about the aficionado list is it will bring up a cigar like that that's maybe not got as much pub or as much press that somebody might put yeah. in their hand and really enjoy. Number six is the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Work of Art. Okay. And I'll, I assume it's been that's around a, forever, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, like typical Hemingway, it's a figurado. It's a little bit bigger than the short no it's it's two sizes bigger than the short story i forget what the one in between those two is number five this is something i don't agree with that aficionado does the h upman sir winston cuban yeah i don't, I don't think cubans belong on the list N- not if you're a predominantly u.s based publication yeah I just, I just don't think i don't think cubans belong on the list nothing against this cigar i'm sure it's wonderful it's just I don't believe. Number four. They also have a real soft spot for Altitus, and I know that's because of advertising revenue. But oh. H and I like H Upman's. I really do when I'm in the mood for a mild to mild to medium cigar. But I I would never I I can't think of any H Upman I've ever smoked that would make any top ten list. Yeah, they're you know we're talking about the Stogies and we're they currently taste a lot working like all Matt that. Sherman's. The the good thing about the JFRs is they are kind of that daily that workhorse smoke. Yeah, they can fall into that workhorse smoke category very easily. Number four, the Padron Family Reserve, number forty-four natural. And I'll, there's nothing to be said about Padron. no. That's yeah. I mean, number three is the Wise Man Maduro, Robusto El Wawense. I. Since they specified Robusto, I would agree with them. That was one of those cigars that I had, didn't blow me away, and then I had it again in a different size, and I could really taste the difference. So the Robusto on that is a very good cigar, and I definitely think the Maduro over the natural. I've got to give Foundation Cigar more of a chance in my life. Because I don't care for the Tabernacle. It tastes skunky to me. See, can I just say I went back to the Tabernacle... And I hadn't had one. They just released the new one. Right, the, the Habano. The Habano. And it was good. I, I went in the humidor 
last week sometime, and I just grabbed one of the regular tabernacles, and I and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. And I was like, okay, this is better than I remembered. Still didn't blow me away, but it was a lot better than I remembered. And then I had the Habano, uh, Austin put it in my hand the other day, on s- Sunday, I think it was. And man, it just made so, like that. I set out on the backcourt. Sunday, it was like 60 degrees almost. We were, you know, running around doing some errands and just kind of, you know, all, just kind of Sunday stuff. And I got the opportunity to light the fire pit in the, on the back patio and sit out there and smoke a cigar. And that that really made a difference. Number two is the My Father La Opulencia Toro. Not had it. Um, I've had it. Not bad. It's a My Father. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything that my father does. It's, you know, it's nothing special to me. Right. And I don't know that it's worthy of number two, but we'll find out. But... Thursday the 20th, the number one will be announced. And I hope for aficionado's sake that it is not a special release like last year. Right. I'm trying to think of what else it could be. I mean, they do usually do a pretty good job of making sure that number one is something that came out that year. Which also kind of begs the question of whether or not they're true about how blind that test is. Because it's almost always a new release that makes the number one spot. And I'm trying to think of what else came out this year that could have been. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for the All Out Kings, even though it didn't come out this year. Uh, they did review it this year. That does make sense. It could be something along those realms. But Cigar Journal also does a top 25 list. Cigar Journal's experts, they have 70 experts. Each cigar has to have received a 90-plus evaluation from them. Okay. They eliminate cigars that are released in limited numbers are only available in homeopathic quantities. Their words, not mine. Homeopathic quantities. Homeopathic quantities. Does that mean to be used instead of opium? I guess so. <laughs> well, they eliminate them, too. And uh, Small releases, small batch, that sort of thing. I get well, it. And I would have worded it differently, but anyway. To come down to it, we're going to run down their top five because I don't want to go through another 10 cigars yeah. real quick. Uh, number five, the Perdomo Habano Barrel-Aged Epicure Sungrown. This is the one that comes in the little box. I think I gave you one one night that I'd won at poker. I just smoked. Uh, we had a Perdomo event here at the shop last week, and I picked up two of these, and I've already smoked both of them. It's a fantastic cigar. I, a workhorse cigar. Yeah, most stuff in Perdomo's is going to fall really hard into that workhorse category. Number four, the Pappy Van Winkle Tradition Robusto Grande. I'm just, uh, the Pappy has not sold I, me. It has not me either. Number three, the Padron 1964 Anniversary. Yep. It's, it's got to be on your list. If you're not doing an exclusively this year release list, that cigar has to be on it. The AJ for number two is the AJ Fernandez Enclave yes, Broadly. Yes, 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 yes. I love that cigar. Now, this is interesting. This is the only time that this particular company I have ever seen make the top of one of these lists. Okay. Number one is the Rocky Patel Grand Reserve Toro. Hmm. I haven't smoked one of these yet. The wrapper is undisclosed. The binder is undisclosed. The filler is undisclosed. What do they tell me? I I feel like that's one of those things that should also get nixed off the list. You know, and that's a hot button for me. Yeah, don't. I mean, tell me where it's from, because that's, you know, again, that's probably a reason I haven't smoked this, because if I look down the list and it says undisclosed, 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 I'll move on to the next cigar. Right. Yeah, tell I'm, me what I'm getting into. I'm not, especially if it's going to be a cigar in the $16 range. Yeah, I'm not going to spend the wheel on a $20 bill. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, because by the time you get a cigar, get a drink, get set down, yeah. invest your time, you know, you're going you're gonna to spend a 20 Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just not going to. Not going to drop a sawbuck on, on what may happen. No, I'm I'm absolutely on the same boat with you there. But these, I think that's what these lists are for. Is there's a good side and a bad side to all these lists. The good side being, it gives us all the chance to see some cigars we may have never tried before, may have missed throughout the year. Absolutely. I mean, the next Rocky Patel Grand Reserve Toro I see, I'll probably pick up and smoke. Because it was number one on the list. Right. The downside is no two people have the exact same palate. 
Yeah, the downside is you and I are going to sit and argue about it with them forever. You're never going to make a list that everybody agrees on. Right. And uh, I just. But what you can do, and what I think Cigar Journal has done with that list, is you can make it so that it's not transparently obvious that you're paying for ratings. Because there is a wide range of price points, of styles, of countries of origin. That is an amalgamation of a lot of different varieties. So everyone's going to find something on that list that appeals to them. And that's something you don't get out of aficionado, in my opinion. Yeah, there's, you know, um, the number 12 was the Balmoral Añejo XO Excuro. I've not seen that in any shops anywhere, but now I know it exists. I can look for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do like Balmoral's, you, you know, do. their product. Um, see, this is what I think. So let's go ahead and make our prediction. Okay. If there's any justice in the world, the number one cigar aficionado cigar of the year. You go first, because I have to think about this. You've had all day to look at this list. The Ramon Ayones by A.J. Fernandez. I smoked one in Florida before I got on the cruise boat. It was wonderful. I posted on our Facebook page at that time, this should be cigar of the year. If they came to me and said, Shane, give me that cigar of the year, um, it would have to be that that Ramon Ayones. I just really that's, love that cigar. That's a that's a very good. I, I would say. I would say probably the Guardian of the Farm Maduro. That was a cigar that really impressed me. It's a great cigar. It's a great price point, and you know, Aficionado has done well, not letting price point be such a dictating factor in their their list that is one of the things they do well um keeping the the top cigars kind of reachable by the average person so yeah i'm i'm okay with that but that's the one i hope it is um i'll tell you i look at eight or ten of these top 25 lists and the hoya silver consistently that was a good cigar i've only had one of them but i'd love to have another it's, it's consistently setting the standard. It's consistently getting great reviews, great ratings. Seems to be a very consistent, great smoke as far as that goes. And, and, and launched with a little bit of a whimper. You know, it didn't come out to huge fanfare with a lot of talk about it. It just sort of, it was announced at the show this year, and it has just slowly started creeping into some humidors. And, and I've been hearing people talk about it, and the buzz has just grown sort of gradually. Well, and I think it got overshadowed by the Cinco de Cata. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I can have three Hoya Silvers for what one Cinco de Cata costs me. Right. And that's a factor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's not just that I'm cheap. That's a factor. That's one of the things that I'm always going to consider when I'm really looking at that. And also, as we're coming around kind of talking about the end of the year and Christmas coming on. Um, the first of the year, it seems like there's a lot of these cigar month of the month clubs pop up. Yeah. What's been your experience with the cigar of the month club? Do you have any? Do you have any views? Lay it on me. I don't have any experience with the cigar of the month club. I think it's great for a novice smoker who's trying to develop and understand their palate. But for someone like you or I who can tend to be a little picky about what we like, I could see it as being, here's five cigars this month, three of them I'll like, one of them I'll tolerate, one of them I'll never smoke, or something similar to that. Well, there's a number of these clubs set up, just about, you know, Cigars International has their own club, JR Cigars, Corona Cigars. Everybody has their own Cigar of the Month club that they put out. And usually you end up paying about 10 bucks a stick. You know, your subscription usually covers about 10 bucks a stick is what you end up paying. Now, for those of us out there that are always hunting for a bargain, um, if you watch Groupon and Living Social, you'll find these at a discount. You'll find, I, got a, I did six months on one for $58 oh, that's not off bad of a Groupon. All. And all now the cigars that came in, I was not impressed with. It gave me the chance to try some stuff I would have walked by in the humidor. 
but I can't say it gave me one that I, oh, wow, I'm really glad that this came up. The other thing that I've found that I'm not, why I'm not a huge fan of these is that a lot of times they're promoted and serviced and done by online retailers. So you end up getting cigars that you cannot get unless you rebuy from that online retailer. And then you're investing a lot of resources, you know, in, in that you have to then buy a box to get this cigar again. Well, also you end up getting, okay, hey, the, you know, the, the Mark Twain Churchill did not sell well. Stick it in the Cigar of the Month Club. Yeah. And then you get somebody that loves it. But and it's on you, closeout. Right. It's on closeout. Now, how are you going to find more? Right. Becomes an issue. So there's some pitfalls to this. But it, I think the Cigar of the Month Clubs are nice. If I was a very casual smoker, you know, if I smoked one or two a month, this might be a, a road I would look at. No, absolutely. That's, that's, I think for the daily smoker, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. But for someone who's building a humidor and building a palette or just sort of maybe been in a while but just casual in their approach, I think, I think it's great. Now, hypothetically, if there was a Cigar Cast Cigar of the Month Club, how would you set it up? How would you build it? To fix the problems. There would be three options. There would be a mild, a medium, and a full-bodied option. So if you like mild cigars, if you like mild to medium, or you like full-bodied cigars, there's a, there's a different pack for each one of those. And I think you have to do that. Now, there are some exceptions. You know, the San Cristobal Elegancia, for example, the Avo Classic uh, as another of some great mild cigars that even a full-bodied cigar smoker can appreciate. But for the most part, by and large, those people tend to stay in those camps. I think a key to these clubs is to be sure you join one that sends you a good write-up on each cigar. Yeah, there has to be a a review of sorts, a breakdown of the contents and the, the recipe, if you will. Well, and not too flowerly. Let's keep, let's keep it really oh, no. simple. Yeah. It's not hints of walnut and echinacea. Let's really keep it a nice, simple description. Well, no, and I think, you know, and this is something that we do on the show and something that anytime I'm reviewing, in quotes, uh, a cigar, I tend to stick to about four different flavors. You've got spice, chocolate, leather, and then occasionally there's one other, but those like, a, like wood or oaky. Those are the four basic flavors. You know, like you said, the oats of, you know, the, the dried cranberries and the this and the, I'm not going to get into that. Your four basic tobacco flavors, um, I think you stick to reviews that say this one's very leathery, this one's very chocolatey, this one's very spicy. And you leave it at that because people are going to taste what they're going to taste. You know, cilantro is one of those things that's famous for being, there's, a, there's actually a gene that you either possess or you don't that determines whether or not you're going to like the taste of cilantro. To some people, it tastes like soap. To other people, it tastes delicious. And so I think when you start getting into, you know, this tastes like, you know, elderberries and uh, fresh morning dew, that means different things to different people, and you kind of taint people's expectations when you go in with those types of... Well, and I think, I think when describing cigars, that's always your best... Stick with the basic senses on the tongue, salty, savory, bitter, sour, sweet. Mm -hmm. Stick with those. Yeah. You know, kind of keep those in mind. Don't get too far into the weeds of that. that. You know, um, Sumatra I enjoy tremendously. And Sumatra acts on a very particular portion of my tongue that I taste Sumatra. Spice I taste more forward in my mouth and things like that. So when I describe it, I do think that's important when you do a cigar a month club is they have got to really keep it simple in the description because the, like you said the everyday cigar guy probably ain't a member of a cigar of the month club mm. it's just not unless practical. it was given as a gift right unless somebody you know got on groupon which, and found a deal which i'm a big fan actually of giving subscriptions as gifts i think i think that's a fun way to give a gift. If you've got somebody that you maybe don't necessarily know, you know what they're into, but you don't know what to get them within that, give them three months of whatever this one is. They can continue it if they want, 
you know, but if they don't like it, they're not stuck with it. And it shows that you're taking their interest into account, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're into fishing, hunting, golf. Um, I can think there are, there are boxes, nerds for, for everything. And I think that's a great way. We're even doing one for my daughter this year for Christmas. They make a uh, STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, like those like core. They make boxes that come with little kits of projects, and they come every. It, I, I think it's great. You, you don't do nothing that's not boring, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, you. <laughs> Just. You still do. I mean, you you make your poor girlfriend go to these documentaries and watch them with you, and you, you haven't brought that up in a long time. No, I'm no, actually a little proud of you. Not. No, but the thing is, it's what she's into. You know, it, it just like I'm really into tech and science and nerdy things. So is my daughter, and it's a way, especially not to get back on my soapbox, but young girls from a very early age are taught to look pretty, to play with dolls, and to kind of stay away from quote, boy things. And that's a a horrible disservice to a whole bunch of people who have talents in science, math, and technology just because they were born with two X chromosomes. So anything I can do to further her enjoyment, you know, because it's little, like, building robots, and it's doing fun, practical stuff. It's not just sitting down with a textbook. So... Anyway, I'm getting off on a. I, would, I, I know I'm just giving you a hard time, but yeah, there's that's the great thing about the time we live in. There's a box for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, the fishing boxes that come out. The do you um, still do your hunting box? Um, I used to do battle box. I did yeah. battle box for a while this year, but it kind of got to where a I was redundant. getting a lot more stuff than I needed. Yeah, you know, stuff. Okay, if I'm ever sass, how many knives the do Everglades, you need? Well, not that. But it was like That's a, a knife every box, wasn't it? Yeah, but I've got like 400 knives. Yeah, that's true. So, so that really doesn't, doesn't bother me. The knife part was part of the things that I enjoyed. But as we wrap it up tonight, I think, I think that's the, the takeaway for the night is there's a box for everyone. I like <laughs> And as... <laughs> wow. Anyway, in the meantime, between this week's show and next, uh, while... Between this week's show and the time you quit listening. Yeah. <laughs> While Shane composes himself, I want to remind everybody that the Stogie Awards are coming up at the end of the year. We've got about two more weeks. So we've gotten a few great suggestions on some topics and some categories that you guys want to hear us cover. We're going to definitely include that. But keep sending us your um, nominations and your categories that you want to hear us talk about. You can get a hold of us, info at thecigarcast.com, also at facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, before we wind up the show, pronounce judgment on the ricochet. This thing smoked quick. I I haven't had a nub left at the end of a show in a very long time. It's very good. Uh, I don't know exactly what the MSRP is on this cigar. Um, Uh, $10 to $12. Yeah, so I I, I think, yeah, at that price point, um, I'm showing... Online price of a pack of five is $45.50. So, yeah, you're looking at eight, probably ten bucks when you get it in a retail shop. I think it's great at that price point. It's definitely on the medium side of medium full. Caldwell will never be a daily smoke for me, but Caldwell will always make my rotation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where that cigar lies. You know, I've smoked several of them recently, and I'm probably going to lay off of them for a little while. Let the ones I won in the poker. Did I mention I won the poker? The ones that I won in the poker game. I wondered how you were going to get it in again before the show was over. Uh, the Headley Grange Black Lab, it's good. It's a crowned heads. Um, it's it's just a crowned heads. It's not nothing that has blown my socks off tonight. I really wish it had a been. Um, the joy I derived from the cigar was secondary to the joy I derived from, from smoking taking in it front out of, of my you. hands. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but until next week, everyone, please have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.